welcome to a long-awaited edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. Marcus Thompson, I just decided to wrap the entire road trip into one. Uh, and what a road trip it was. One in four. I'd say the worst loss of the season came on this road trip, which was to the Orlando Magic to open it, 94-90 in Orlando. The and then win? I'd say the low... Be- the best, <laughs> best win come? You know, the, the most random win, maybe. Uh, they, they they incited a Miami Heat upheaval almost down to Miami. That happened on the road trip, the lone win. But also, I don't want to call this the low point of the season right now. You know, they obviously they just, they just got smacked in Memphis. I'm talking to you from Memphis right now. Um, but I would say it's the point of the season where you're probably most skeptical on their ability to put it all together and make a title run. Would you I mean is that fair? Are you as as low on their playoff chances right now as you have been? Not really. Uh Man, I I just feel like I, I would just feel a lot different if Steph was playing. I mean, he's Stephen Curry. Uh we we know like who he is and what he can do and for somehow I just can't, I can't really, I can't lose sight of that for some reason. Uh, I will say this, but I think, I don't think that's recent. They've, they've been shown they're not who we thought they were, right? From the beginning uh, of the year when they were like 18 and two and everybody was tops and, you know. Really since like mid-January. It flipped in mid-January and it's just completely continued to tank. So, but, but I still think they're in the same boat that we might have thought before the season began. Like, get a 4-5 or five seed and see if these dudes who won a championship before can make a run. I don't think that's different. I do think it's going to be more difficult because, uh, you, you know, they, they haven't gotten a chance to play together. Uh, and that to, But that, to me, is more about the other guys than it is about Steph, Clay, and Draymond. I mean, you know what? I, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I, I guess that sentiment is right because... They don't have any time left. There isn't this this last month of the season where they're going to get it together, which was always the case all along, right? Oh, they're going to get this guy. They're going to get this guy. And now, basically, that time is up. So they are limping into the playoffs. They haven't played together. Uh, so, yeah, in that sense, I, I think you're right. This is probably the lowest we felt about this team. With that said, if they're a 3C, 4C, 5C, Steph is healthy, Clay is healthy, Draymond's healthy, and they've got like a full complement of players. I still feel like they got the puncher's chance that I would have predicted they had from the beginning of the year. Yeah, it's, it, it will be funny if they get like the fifth or sixth seed, and you're like, well, you know, that's kind of like all what we all kind of predicted, I guess, preseason. But it just what a what a winding route to it. Um, I want to again because we're kind of encapsulating the entire road trip. Uh, I think we can go, you know player by player or you know just i guess point by point through this but i think draymond green is you know from this road trip probably the most important storyline because you know part of the reason this season began to crater in early to mid-january was because he went from defensive player of the year favorite to disappeared you know with this injury that um took a big toll on his body this is you know chris paul breaks a thumb chris paul can go to the gym and you know run on the treadmill and stay in shape you know he just you know can't shoot a basketball and like there's obviously rust issues with that but draymond's injury clearly like really didn't allow him to play basketball or do any type of cardio for a long time um and it completely has has 
you know, t- part of what what was so good about him early in the season was he was coming off the Olympics, and there was just they kept talking about how good a shape he was in. That was such a big story early on. He has come back, and he just obviously has a long way to go to play himself back anywhere near that range. And you saw it on this road trip, which was an eventful one for him during you know after the Orlando game. He really calls out the team. Uh, doesn't play in Miami. Minus 24 in Atlanta wasn't very good, uh, and then wasn't good in the first half in D.C. Obviously had a mindset change at halftime. Like, you know, even if he wasn't going to, you know, be his normal self, he's going to come out and call that the Porzingis effect. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, there you go. How about him fouling Porzingis three times on one possession? I've never seen that before, (laughs) including a flagrant. Um, But it's... You know, he at least came out, and it, it was probably the most optimistic moment of the road trip for him. Was just like the fact that he just suddenly got three steals, caused five turnovers, five assists. Like he, it was like a sloppy version of Draymond Green. It was, it, you know, and sometimes when he turns that motor on high, it leads to a flagrant, a technical, maybe some moments where you felt like he threw momentum back Washington's way by just getting into it with the refs, all that type of stuff. But just where are you at on him? Because I think. Him returning to form, to early season form, is next to Steph Curry coming back healthy is 1A and 1B. Of like They are not close to a contender unless those two look like they did when they went 18-2. And Draymond is far away from that right now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I uh, like he hasn't, he hasn't looked good at all. To me, the reason... This is more concerning than I normally would be. Like, I'm more concerned now than I normally would be. Because we've seen this before, to be honest. But uh, is they're essentially banking on him playing 20-plus minutes at center. Like, they did not get a big man. James Wiseman is not coming back. And they've essentially doubled down on small ball. I just don't see any scenario where Nemanja Bielitsa is getting a bunch of minutes in the playoffs. Uh, oh, I see a scenario. It's it's a quick exit scenario, but it's a scenario. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, basically, right? Yeah. But they they are pot committed to a bunch of Draymond at center minutes. Uh, and that's why this is, you know, how he looks now and the lack of time for him to kind of get in that shape. Remember, this is the time he normally gets in shape, right? This is the time he normally, in a normal year, you know, he'd say, all right, it's about March. Remember he lost like 20 pounds or something like that in a few weeks or something? Uh, like, this is normally a time where he gets in shape. And now you see him out there, like, even when he ramps it up and he's like trying to say, all right, let me take over this game, he's gassed, <laughs> right? Shortly afterward, he's getting, like, he's done. So it you could see the issue. Uh, and now you're going to ask him, to potentially go guard Jokic, right? Or to potentially go guard Carl uh, uh, Anthony Towns. You or, know, you know, or, if they play Utah on the 4-5, which to me seems like the likeliest scenario that is materializing, it's not like you have to guard Gobert on a bunch of yeah. post But you got to play small ball, and you got to be all over the floor, and you have to, you know, you have to be the guy that unlocks, you know, the, the small lineups that kill go bear in the jazz like that's it's a different task but it's like like you i don't said, know if it's as grueling though like if but but it is grueling right there is a level like of 30, like it's 36 yeah. to 38 minutes of it and right now yeah, what yeah. you're saying is correct he did it the i other think day that's true against, i think that's true against dallas too by the way like 
it, it you don't have to deal with the Gobert figure, but that series is gonna be like that, right? Where he might have to be out on Luca. He's gotta, you know, he's gotta somehow attack that defense. You know, they've got a really good half court defense. You know, they're gonna have to like run and push it. So he's gonna I think be either four on way. three scenarios going down the lane. Yeah, absolutely. I think either no matter the matchup. You know, he's going like he is vital and he's going to have to be like Pete Draymond just because they don't have the backup they have. It's not like back in the day where it was like, all right, you know, uh, you know, Z and JaVale, Zaza JaVale, you know, by 25 minutes. Right. David West come in. Yeah. And then when you need to turn it up, then you go small. Now they've just basically committed to that as the steady diet. So. I do feel like that's what makes it concerning. Um, but like I've always said with Draymond, and I will I will stand on this until it doesn't come true, but something about the playoffs, something about that atmosphere, something about the game becoming more cerebral, something about playing the same team every time throughout a series, you know, with, with the days off, right? Like I've just seen him show up in the postseason too many times right and even when he struggles in the series he you know he'll bounce back and and find a way to be a factor so to me I won't I won't count him out till I see it in the playoffs if I see him in the playoffs it's like okay he might not have it anymore but we've seen it right we had this conversation in 2019 and then he goes and just completely owns the Portland series now obviously I think all of I don't think any of the team's they'll be facing presents the problems or Portland doesn't present the problems that these teams he'll face. And also that was three years ago, right? That's kind of important, but the dude just, the dude just shows up. So that to me, that's the puncher's chance that something, something will click in the playoffs and Draymond will be Draymond again. What have you thought about the, the mindset that he's taken to the court and into press conferences, we can say recently with you had the double uh, technical ejection. Um, I believe it was in the Spurs loss. You obviously had the you know, called out the team after the Orlando game, uh, called out himself after the DC game, got a technical and a flagrant in that game. Just is to me, it, 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 it just, seems like he's just really trying to rev the engines as much as he can. And like, that's like part of the side effects of him trying to rev the engine so much as some of this stuff on the side. That's how I'm reading it. How are you? I'm reading it that he's frustrated that he's not who he wants to be. And like, it's on his nerves and that puts him, you know, in that place. So I do think you're right. It's him, you know, trying to uh, kickstart Draymond. But also, I think he's out there and it's Danilo Gallinari he can't guard for some reason, right? <laughs> he's like, I don't know what's happening and it's frustrating him. So, uh, you've I even seen him make some kind of uncharacteristic, like strong drives, right? Where he's going for the bucket. I think that was against Washington. The Washington, when he kept yeah. getting those runouts, it was like yeah. four straight runouts <laughs> and he was like, ah, like going And he's like cap. going to the cup. I was like, you could see that he was just kind of tired of sucking out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could just kind of see that. Like, he just like, man, I'm I'm tired of it. Uh, but it was so that – so he did that like three or four straight times. He, got to, he gets the and one over Gafford. And, you know, he's kind of bringing them back a little bit. And you can tell it's at a moment where – I mean, he feels like it's it's like 
he was kind of responsible a little bit for the first half struggles. Like he said, they were like way more negative with him on the court. And he felt like he was bringing them back, and then he gets the run out, and he doesn't get the foul call. And then that's when he hacks the guy hard, yells at the referee, gets a technical, almost gets ejected again. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I, he is kind of fighting. But uh, to me, if Draymond, like to me the key is what Draymond believes in his head. Right. And that's going to be the playoff answer. We've seen Draymond be disinterested. Right. We've seen the Draymond who thinks they're going to lose. Right. (laughs) We've seen the Draymond frustrated with the world. But to me, we're seeing the Draymond trying to figure this stuff out. That's uh, that's a good sign. In the end, what, what was true still is true. They're banking on this dude's championship experience. They're banking on him being a great defender. So he's got to figure it out. I think it'll be this will be a tough, tough road. Just the the by sheer virtue of the journey they have to go on, uh, it's going to be a tough road. But that's what you kind of got to bank on. Uh, I, I like the fact that he is saying they're terrible with him on the floor. <laughs> like to me, all all the only hope they have is Draymond finds the same resolve that got him to where he is now, and he's clearly in that process. So. You know, I'm just not counting it out till I see it. When we see it in the playoffs, then I'll believe it. Yeah, I'm really curious how he looks this week. You know, and they're about, they didn't play tonight. He's about to get a day off and then a Phoenix game. I think it's on, I assume it's on ESPN. I haven't looked. But Wednesday night in Chase, Iguodala will be back and we can get to Andre. Uh, then two days off in, in the Jazz game, which is a bit, you know, the Jazz game. The jazz game is shaping up to be huge. That might be because it's for the advantage. It's for, yeah, it's for, it's for the tiebreaker for their season series. So it's basically a two game swing in the standings, yeah. uh, whoever wins it. Uh, and like you said, it's, if that's going to be the four five, which with the, you know, now they're only one game in the loss column ahead of Dallas without that tiebreaker. To me, that seems like it's going to be the four five. So like you said, do you start the series in Utah or do you start the series in chase, especially the way that they're going to be limping into the playoffs? It feels more important than probably even the other home. series yeah. to yeah. be at home in round one to get right in round one at home. Then, you know, if you win a Jazz series, okay, you're feeling a lot better going to Memphis for game one, going to Phoenix. Oh, actually, it would be Phoenix, yeah, if you're in the four or five. Which, whoo man, imagine that round, too. Right. Um, but, yeah, so I, I just I want to see how he looks this week because that second half was at least a taste of, like, he seems to have solved, like, if he's – does he just come out first five minutes of that Phoenix game just trying to fly around the court, even if – after four minutes, he's hands on his knees, gassed. At least that's, you know, he's trying to break out of it. I yeah, I, you, you could see that, right? You could see him. Uh, I mean, the last time we saw him, he tried to do that. I, I just think sometimes when he's doing it, it's not working. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the part that's frustrating. Normally, when he just decides somebody's not going to score, they don't score. But <laughs> sometimes they do now more than more than normal. I think that's a a byproduct of his conditioning, like of just his general rust. But to me, especially when you consider the strengths of this team and how they built what they built, the playoff setting is advantageous. The ability to remember uh, Pascal Siakam like torched him in Game One of the finals. Right. Yep. It's like, okay, what do you how do you respond to that? And what what does the other team do? So to me, that part is advantageous to 
the veteran. So, I, I, like, when it becomes like a cerebral chess match, or or that's more of the element, right? Like a team like Utah that's not going to overwhelm the Warriors with their athleticism. That's largely about, you know, execution and, and strategy, and you know, and you know that type of stuff. You know, Memphis is a different animal, right? He like running with them dudes is different. But a team like Phoenix, I mean, not a team like Phoenix, a team like uh, uh, Utah, where it's like, all right, if if he just he can think the game more, I just trust Draymond more in those settings. I still think it's gonna be tough though. If he if he if he ends up dominating in the playoffs, that would that would be highly impressive. Right, because you know yeah. he's older now, and like it's been rough, right? But but we have seen him look like that this year. But I something it's just something about hey, day off, look at the film, figure these dudes out, and and then he has a counter, and then they counter, and then he counter. That to me is right, like Draymond's game, and, or at least this is the last vestige of where I think he's still an elite player. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's stick on veterans in their return phase for storyline two of the road trip. Andre Iguodala is back. Officially came back in the Memphis game. Um, was I think he was a plus two. He actually yeah, he played was. pretty the well. Only plus. Yeah, he hit a corner three right away. You know they're booing him pretty <laughs> like they they really don't like him in Memphis. I I've actually been surprised about how fresh that wound still feels to to the Grizzlies. But um, a you know he. It's forgotten. I wrote about it. I did an interview with him that I put up, but it's a little bit forgotten. Like he was good in that eighteen and two stretch for them, it, it, particularly in important games against good teams. If you kind of look, you know, dot his game log, you're like, oh yeah, he came up big in Boston and when he came up big in Brooklyn and when he came up big in Utah and when um, he is not nearly the f- important factor that Draymond is to have back in the lineup, but they get, they're going to need him pretty regularly to to have a full you know, feeling playoff rotation and they're going to need 18, sometimes 25 type minutes. And I think one of the important things he said to me and people can go read the whole interview is that now it's the time to even maybe play through pain a little bit. And, uh, you know, he has gone through this different stuff. Hip has, you know, the knees always been bothering him. He had to get it drained a bunch. He said something about some nerve damage, a bulging disc that he's been dealing with. Like it has been a lot of aches and pains and different stuff that, that that's, this is the sign, in my opinion, that this might be it for him. Um, but he does seem ready to really give it a full go the next, you know, two weeks, three weeks, two months, potentially, until he can't. Like, I think he is going to try to, like, this feels like a final push for him from a body perspective. And that makes me think he actually will be in the lineup more, certainly more than he has been recently. The part that, the part there are, where I think they're going to need him the most is defense, right? Like, Sometimes they just can't stop anybody. <laughs> like, he said it tonight. 
point of attack. It's just like, hey, I'm just going to get to the cup on whoever is in front of me. Uh, Wiggins ain't stopped nobody to the cup in a minute. Uh, Poole doesn't, right? He just generally doesn't. Uh, and they're run and Clay too. You know, you can Clay lets the guys buy him. At some point, they just need somebody who could stay and you know be in a good defensive position and stop a dude from getting where he wants on the court. Right now, it looks like GP two is the kind of top guy for that. So I, I think they're just gonna need Iguodala to come in and help slow a guy down sometimes, right? Especially when it's like I mean, you know, obviously they won't see him in the in the playoffs unless somehow Atlanta makes they both make a crazy run but a guy like Danilo Gallinari like that's textbook put Andre on him you know <laughs> you know what I'm saying Andre yeah. will make this dude's life different and they don't have that when those when those like you know uh you know the players you don't expect I don't want to act like they aren't good they are they are good but the players you don't expect to kill you once they get going that's ball game right Corey Kispert gets going there's there's nobody stopping him. They they never actually stop him. So to me, the ability to have Andre Iguodala go slow a guy down, I, I just think those are weapons. To me, one of the good thing, if I'm Steve Kerr, I'm working some reverse psychology here, and I'm I'm going old school Don Nelson and playing up the underdog status. And it's like, yeah, we're not ready, you know, next year. You know, uh, we're building something here. This is about getting experience, right? Lower, because I think this team, especially their OGs, is much better. going to be much better under the mindset of people expecting them to lose. <laughs> like, I will flip this, right? Like, it's like, all right. Because if you think about it, if you go into a series feeling like you're supposed to beat the Warriors, like, that's made for Andre Iguodala to hurt you. <laughs> if, 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 if you go in like, oh, man, we got to knock off the Warriors, you know, there, there's a sense when teams play the Warriors now, you could feel them. They feel confident. They don't feel scared at all, right? They just, like, the dudes are getting wherever they want. They're trying everything. They're hitting all kinds of shots. They're having a party. And it ain't just Memphis. It, it was happening this whole road trip. Like, to me, that's, the opportunity is kind of created to flip it. And just be like, all right, like, 4C, 5C, nobody expects us to win. Like, this, this is where that the great motivational abilities come in and somehow get them dudes, get Draymond thinking he's an underdog again, right? Get Clay thinking he's an underdog again. That might be the best way to salvage this situation. Yeah. Body, all the bodies just need to hold up though. I mean, you even mentioned Gary Payton, like he plays the kind of kamikaze style that I think at times leads to, you know, bumps and bruises and he's dealt with it. And obviously Iguodala, like, man, it's just, it seems that two things are kind of true at once. Number one, it seems like the clock is running out and they don't have any time left. If, you know, with this regular season, they got to get right. But then wider scope, if we're really talking about them, like playing four rounds, it's like, geez, there's a marathon ahead of some of these guys, you know, it's, it's (laughs) like, Man, even if they come out and like, you know, let's say they they're such an underdog, they slip to five and then they come out and win game one in Utah because Draymond is just ferocious. He's everywhere. Iguodala gives 25 good minutes. Steph looks good. Clay looks good. Uh, it's like, oh, that's game one. You know, that's game one of what we're potentially if if they were to win it all would be like 22 of these type of like gauntlet games. And, and they're just not as they don't got to win 22. They just got to win one. That's it. And then win the next one. Oh, and, well, and then, and then win the and, next. One. Well, no, it's really and then get in the ice bath and then yeah. get a rest day and then. I like, mean, but but the thinking the is tape. the thinking is 
if they have to go in Utah, right, or whatever, Dallas, whoever it is, if they wherever they got to go and they take game one, now that becomes on the other team, right? Like, you know, you, you just you just lost home court advantage to the to three dudes who with three rings or four dudes with three rings. Like to me, that is when you start figuring out the advantages to me, that's that's where it lies. Right. You go into Utah, you win. You, you're you hoping Utah's thinking, here we go again, <laughs> right? This team, yeah. and, and I don't know how many games that's worth. I don't even know how far that gets them, but I think they need all those kind of edges at this point. Last thing I wanted to say on Iguodala, that interview I did with him, I know there's one comment he made that was, uh, you know, I, I thought it was maybe framed a little bit differently online than I, I think the intent of it came off when he's talking about the two eras being fused together. He's more talking about the narrative that has been built, I believe, from ownership, from front office, from the media, from the general public of, uh, you know, one era to the next is the Warriors plan, this idea. Uh, and to me, I don't think it didn't come off to me uh, that he was criticizing necessarily the roster building. Maybe deep down he, he would, but it's more the idea that I think it's being too easily put out there, you know, including internally being put out there like, you know, you're just going to go from one dynasty era right into the next. And it, it's I think the, the term disrespect from him in there is um, this idea that it's that easy. Right. You know, it's like, all right, well, we just did that. Let's let, let's redo it again without the understanding that that was some of the you know, that's NBA history that they're coming off. It's not easy to just recreate NBA history. You can just you, you so you're saying. He's saying that you can't just pick five. You can't just find pick another staff, another Clay Draymond, and, and go go sign back. another Durant. Yeah, you you saying they can't do that? But but you know what? I I do think that is kind of the impetus behind all of it. Even early in the season, where it's like, yo, let's go get a star. Let's go get uh, uh let, let's get veterans, right? Let's get people who know how to win. I, I think the undergirding part about that is. They know how hard it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, we're not just about to walk out here and win, and we got a target on our back. Like, let's really stock up because this is difficult. Like, we're going to need everything to go do this again. I do think that's part of it. So the idea that you could just already start planning for the next one, like there will be a next one, it does kind of contradict the messaging that, yo, winning a championship is incredibly hard. And if anybody knows that, it's them, which is why they want all possible resources in their holster to be able to do that because they know as much as anybody how hard it is. So, yeah, it, you could you could definitely see the philosophical, like, disagreement. But, I mean, that's how, that, that's how they got the first three because the owner felt like getting the championship was like, a birthright <laughs> so why would he stop that you know what i'm saying like of course he thinks that yeah and i mean look it's it's the undercurrent on this entire season it it is you know regardless if you don't think the next era has any chance to be what the past era was and that's the over overwhelming likelihood is is they're not creating you know another dynasty core but it is the idea that they're shifting priorities into what's next at a time when the old guard is like still trying to hold on. But th to me, that those are storylines for another day, maybe a day pretty soon because, you know, all of this season comes down to is the playoffs and that is very close. And, you know, if they flame out early, 
man, you know, there's there's a lot of the this is going to come to the surface. Um, you know, just just the feelings about all this. Um, but if it turns into success and there's still belief, I think that there can be success. Um, it'll it'll look genius to a lot of people. So I don't know. It's 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 just this, the next few months are very interesting from just like the story arc of this uh, franchise, really organization. I mean, I, I I do think it's it's realistic. It's not probable, and I agree that they're just they're one of seven teams that could win a championship if things break right. Uh, other teams need less, but you know they they could absolutely do it. But and know, the and the Wiseman situation turns into a strikeout that easily gets you know second guessed and will be thrown into that barrel if if oh, no fa- failure is ahead. No um, question. Let's move on to um, th- storyline three. I'll say of the road trip. I mean, they made a pretty big starting lineup change uh, in Atlanta, and like Kevon Looney and Draymond Green are no longer starting together, and they have been win healthy since middle of last season. You think uh, I don't know if that's gonna last though. I think when Steph gets back, when Steph gets back, maybe game one, particularly if they're playing a Towns or if they're playing a Jokic, sure. But I do think they're, you know, this idea that you can play two non-shooters, you certainly can't do it when Steph's not out there. But I also think there's a lot of push for like, hey, like you, it's really difficult to just play two non-shooters and and. You know, Draymond basically is your starting center. Kevon Looney is your backup center. Especially if Draymond can't at the start of the playoffs go 38 high octane minutes. Maybe you like there were there's going to be minutes where Looney and Draymond are on the floor. But you're just I'm just saying right like to me that starting lineup change is is a shift of scheme a little bit and a shift of priority and it's just notable that they actually did it and made the move because I didn't know when you know you thought that might be like down two one in a series. Like, it came a little early. It makes sense, though. They didn't go get a big man. They said they didn't need one, right? They essentially committed to playing small. Yeah, why not go all in? I mean, I mean, I think the down 2-1 is now you put Jordan Poole in the start lineup, right? You take one of them dudes out, put Poole in. So you, you even commit even more. But this is who they, this is who they said they're going to be. They've they've already said they could have went and got another big. They could have shored up the front line to make sure they have a center. And they decided to to run with what they got, right? They want you know, so if I like we knew it was coming eventually. Uh I agree that, you know, Looney felt like the safest first six minutes of basketball, right? <laughs> like you knew he was gonna get those. Yeah. But uh it only makes sense considering like Wiseman goes down, it's like, all right, there there's there's essentially no chance to be this to, to, to compete with the beef element of some of the teams they might face. Might as well get some dudes used to it, like, you know, playing small ball because that's what they're going to. It, it only it only makes sense to me. Yeah. No. Um and it this isn't some crowning of Jonathan Kaminga as the new starting power forward. He actually barely played in both the games he started i think 14 minutes both games uh didn't start the second half in dc they went to auto porter i i my guess moving forward is i think porter might be in that starting spot a bit more because they want more spacing around these guys and kaminga you know he does a lot of downhill stuff obviously that looney doesn't some attack in the rim i think they like kaminga maybe in some high drags and transition with jordan pool like there's some stuff that makes sense 
but I think next to Draymond, like Otto Porter and that rebounding and that you know, institutional defensive knowledge and the ability to just spread the floor open. Um, you don't have to make some more, though, if you go going to yeah, spread the will. floor. No, you're right. You're right. But at least he's the threat. Um, but just watching that that fifth starting spot moving forward, including when Steph comes back, they've at least – Steve Kerr has at least proclaimed that that is a roving spot. That is no hey, longer Kavon Looney. I want to see Kaminga with Steph – uh, in in slasher mode, you yeah. know what I'm saying that that now you now you might be cooking with something if if he's gonna just put his head down and get to the hole every time or he's gonna try to tear the rim off and you got Steph out there, yeah that that to me makes a lot of sense. I I actually you know it's it's through a lot of bad basketball, but I've actually liked this connection a little bit with Draymond. Draymond in Orlando found him a few times. They they they, they connect. They've connected. But, you know, Draymond's passing needs to be and vision needs to be, you know, back in December form for that really to, to come to fruition. And it has not been. Um, last thing on the road trip. Oh, I mean, what do you think of like Poole and, and Clay Thompson and just that um, dynamic playing? I, you know, you probably want to have a take on Andrew Wiggins, too, I'm sure, because he had another uh, quiet road trip. I'm, I'm uh, cool. Played all five games. Y'all know where I stand. They know they know where I stand. Uh to me, like the defense of Clay and Poole is it's a it's a noteworthy problem. <laughs> Especially when they're not making shots. Uh even I, when they, they are. They they yeah, went even ballistic when they are. in Atlanta. I mean, they both had twenty two in the first half and they're losing at halftime. I'm not saying it's both their faults, but that just shows you right there, right? Defense. Yeah, but you know, at least they can you know, I mean I do think in some situations you could just outscore teams, uh I mean, that's what Washington did. They weren't playing incredible defense. They just shot the lights out, you know. So if you can do that, all right. But the amount of buckets they give up, um, the amount of times they lo- like Clay loses the guy, you know, loses his guy. You know how many times you've seen Clay kind of grab his head in frustration, right? Like they they just give up a lot. So when Iguodala says we don't get mad when people score on us. <laughs> I do think he's he's talking about he's talking about them because uh, they do give up a lot of buckets. Uh, but at the same time, like when they're going offensively, it's their only chance. And to me, the way Poole's playing, seeing Clay uh, find his shot better, that's their puncher's chance right there. It's Steph, it's Clay, it's Jordan Poole. It's trying to get something from Wiggins and. Draymond playing Wiggins and Draymond playing defense, but they're gonna have to make a lot of threes. And if you want to be encouraged by anything, Clay seems to have found his shooting stroke, right? Like, and and his fit in the offense. Uh, he he passes the ball a lot more than he he used to. And you know they're running some sets to get him some plays, and he just his shot just looks more reliable. So I th- I thought that was a good sign. Like Poole's a beast, but they're. The goal is for them to score more than they give up, and that's that's been tough lately. And not even to like superstars, right? They're like <laughs> they're like Thomas Sadoransky is getting to the cup. Like, come on, y'all. <laughs> Thomas Sadoransky, yeah. Corey Kispert cooking him. Corey um, they just kept leaving the guy. It's unbelievable. They uh, no. they do that thing where they so worried about packing the paint that they give up the threes. It's like. Just make a team beat you from inside. Make them tool you to death. 
them threes are are killing you because then they go back and they want to try to answer and they miss. You miss two of those. The other team make three. That's a 9-0 run, right? Like, they need to stop. Just stay. Corey Kisper is not missing. Stay home. And if somebody gets beasted inside, it's just two points, right? It's Like, that's just simple math. Like, that's what teams do to the Warriors. I don't know why they don't do it back. Yeah. All right. Uh, getting us out of here, just setting up what's left, which is um, a sudden – tense race to, to stay three for the Warriors uh, they had a big cushion it's really helped them as they've lost all these games recently to still stay three it's kind of crazy they still are the three um, but they're only one game up in the lost column in Dallas as I mentioned Dallas has the tiebreaker um, two games up on Utah that tiebreaker is on the line this weekend these next two games are the toughest remaining for the Warriors Suns Jazz in Chase Center this week, Wednesday, Saturday. Then the last four get a lot simpler at Sacramento, uh, who they unlikely to have Fox or Sabonis against the Lakers after you know a few off days. That is the day that Marcus Thompson has targeted as his potential Steph Curry return day. Uh, <laughs> and then at San Antonio at New Orleans to close it out. Like those are winnable games late, and they may need those games. So it's good for them that they have those type of teams. Um, but you know, there's some drama. Late in the season, and we'll see. We'll see where it all shakes out. Marcus Thompson, Man, ain't thank no you. drama. Ain't no drama. They either gonna win or they gonna lose. Oh, one of the two. Eh, you know the big one. At this point, it seems impossible. What is Minnesota's at thirty-three losses? Warriors are at twenty-eight. They're not gonna fall all the way down to seven, but they still have not clinched their way out of the play. That's something to note. Ah, look at you. I see, I hear you. It ain't happening. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna avoid that at least. Can they get the fifty wins? That's my big question. You get the fifty. Two left. So, all right. Uh, we will talk to you later this week.